0: the kitchen is on fire sponsored by drop drop is a wine delivery app that delivers awesome and expertly chosen wines to wherever you are in london in zones one and two and a couple of other places same day that means you could get your thirst on at tea time and have the wine with you by cocktail hour you can also order extras including ice cold beer snacky snacks anchovies cheese and a shetland pony (laughs) okay we made that last one up Download Drop from the App Store for dropwine.co.uk and enter the promo code KITCHENONFIRE to get £10 off your first order. Forget the corner store. Use Drop. Yeah, it's raining. Fuck you. Last week's episode, we're going to just hit the ground running here, Sam. Yeah. Uh, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How yeah. are you? Very well. Very great. Well, That's
1: great news, James. That really? makes me happy. Yeah.
0: In my heart. In your heart. In last week's episode, um, I started two topics of conversation, because I hadn't remembered that I'd discussed them the week before, right? Right. Uh, all right. And uh, you said I had discussed one, but not the other, but we had, in fact, discussed both. So, you even couldn't remember one of them. Okay. The honey one, yeah. Um, So, I just wanted to. I remember something about honey, though. And then we did mention pizza and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so just to cover that little bit of admin off. But also, there's something that's been on my notes for several weeks now. It's a story that caught my eye on some very strange website. Must have seen a link somewhere. But um what I mean what can you think is the worst reaction you've had to a bad review online? What that how I've reacted. Yeah, like is there anything you've ever done that you're like, ah, oh, it was a bit of an overreaction or fuck it, it doesn't matter it's just one sad but person. You know, but in the heat of the moment you're just
1: what come out swinging at people livid. Um I think I used to, when it was when I was in the band no no, when I was in the band, I probably didn't do anything. No? Probably just internalised my rage
0: and my hatred. Is there an equivalent now for TripAdvisor, but for bands?
1: Not TripAdvisor, no.
0: No, but, you know, like online places that have some weight where random people can post a review I, don't, I likely mean, likely to be listened read. Maybe
1: like Reddit or something, but I don't know. I'm too old for that. But, you know, the message boards, some websites like The Quietest I used to write for, they shut down their comment sections why is that for everything i think it was just too unpleasant and too pointless um like pitchfork doesn't have a comments section stereo gum does um which i'm sure gets sort of heated if you're in that kind of world but um i mean i used to be super into all that it was kind of you know message Mm. boards and especially with our band stuff but i don't know whether it exists anymore maybe it's just all on reddit i mean i'm very old james i wouldn't
0: know yeah yeah Often when it's a legal matter, you, you know, the Guardian, for obvious reasons, doesn't allow comments on the piece. But increasingly, i have noticed if it's just a, a, a particularly, like, toxic or febrile seems to be the word I'm using a lot, though, yeah. uh, topic, that they, they don't have comments. Right. Because they're just like, it's not, you know, this person is probably going to read it. And, you know, trans issues, for example. Right. It's interesting. It's probably a good thing. But I suppose that's probably why people
1: sort of find Twitter quite difficult these days because it is just—it's basically a below-the-line comment thread, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, Anyone ever commented below your threads um,
1: on Twitter
0: (laughs) or on any bit of your anatomy?
1: um, But a lot of below-the-line action. For me, yeah.
0: You took to Twitter the other week to write a very lovely I did, homage yeah. to your wife. I did. Who isn't on Twitter? No, uh, no she checks in on oh, Twitter. Oh, she is? So yeah, she checks my Twitter. Does she? Yeah. Um, you see, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say anything I like. Oh, that is good. Tell some secrets.
1: Yeah, you should do. Maybe I will. Tell her what you did last night.
0: Tell her what I did last summer. Yeah. Um, what did I do last night? I watched Better Call Saul with her yeah i was teeing you up to say
1: that oh you were out
0: doing heroin and why not that was after we had gone to bed
1: um yeah no i did which is and i said you know it's kind of twee and all that but i was like you know it's not not often that you've been married 10 years um unless you're a sort of bigamist Mm.
0: yeah Uh, or just a serial monogamist yeah but even then you're only probably gonna squeeze in three or four ten year stints. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I could not say
1: anything and I'm sort of and I'm off Twitter pretty much now, so but I thought, why not?
0: Why, why, not, why, why not, not publicly state the love that I have for my wife? Do you know what really pisses it it was lovely, Sam. I was really I was really touched by it, I touched myself a little bit. Clearly. What annoys me about the whole quote unquote being off Twitter thing Yeah. is that people interpret that as like, oh, you've sort of flounced off Twitter. So occasionally I think I, there's a question that I, the best place to source an answer is going to be Twitter. Whether it's, where should I go and eat in Athens? Or anyone know anyone who can do X, Y, Z? Yeah. But for some reason you're like, I don't want to do that. Because then people will be like, oh, so see you come to Twitter now. Because it suits you. I which the, of course is like, I can use it however I like, thank you.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's the thing of not saying, I'm off Twitter now. Which, you know, I kind of think maybe I shouldn't have
0: done that. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that.
1: But you didn't do that, did I just you?
0: slunk off like a wounded badger in the night. Yeah, but
1: you did that before as well. People expect you to flip-flop.
0: Just have a bit of time off.
1: Yeah. And, I, I, you know, it's one of those things, it's like, you don't miss it,
0: do you? No.
1: It's just, it can be useful. And actually, bizarrely, coming back to it and reading it sometimes, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of nicer stuff on here than Course. I remember. But, you know. But don't get sucked back into that, mate.
0: Twitter, yeah? Been there. Done it. So let's drag it back to the topic I was beginning this. Yeah. Conversation on Yeah A man in Orlando Sam Right He shot up Someone's home Because they'd left A negative review Of his restaurant online
2: Really Shot
0: it up Shot it up so, Do you want to Hear a bit more Yeah sure He's 42 year old Orlando man Right or- or- Orlandian or- <laughs> or- Orlandian <laughs> look Whoa at look at that dude He's seen some things He's fucked. Yeah, I mean, don't want to know what he's fucked, quite honestly. But uh, fear. Oh, <laughs> like Orlando, Fear. What's the fear? I assume that stands for Florida. FLA, did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Baghdad FLA. All right. A 42-year-old Orlando man, or Orlandonian, was arrested Thursday evening, 10 days after he shot up a home after one of its residents. A home, it's like an old people's home. After one of its residents complained about an experience at a restaurant, the Orange County Sheriff's Office said. It's a strange name for a restaurant. Oh, yeah. On August the 20th, deputies were called to a home on Milford Avenue, near Holden and South Orange Avenues. Come on, let's get to the, get to the chase. SUV driven by Michael Johnson, the restaurant owner's son. No, hang on. After Norman Oville, riding an SUV driven by Michael Johnson, the restaurant owner's son, shot the home three times... Before Johnson drove away three times, that's, that's only not really not shooting like, up a house. That's
1: like that's taking a couple of pot shots. That's not like the Untouchables with a Tommy gun. Mm. You know, riddling it with bullets,
0: James. Or at the end of is it the end of the nice guys? I think there's a big old shooter. Yeah, they sh- shoot down a tree. Did you see that? I've seen that film. Seen that film. It yeah, great. It's a good film. Yeah, I don't remember a tree, but that was a tree. Believe You're a, you a tree. Me. Look at these guys. So, can you ever see yourself in a situation where you might just shoot down a? Shoot it up and no, I reckon there's something else going on behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain people who've criticised
1: my restaurants, I would... Shoot them? I wouldn't shoot them, no. Shoot at them? I, I'm quite scared, actually. When You see people with guns now in TV things, like when they're putting the, the magazine in, like watching that bodyguard thing. Um, you know, you see them, they're putting the clip into the gun stuff, I'm like, God, imagine if you just shot yourself in the leg. That never used to cross my mind. I was like, yeah, guns. Not I was into guns, but when you're a kid, you're
0: like, pew, pew, pew all of that. Mm. Now I'm a bit like, whoa,
1: be careful. They're dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's like that that, that um, sort of motif, I guess, for want of a better word, when, um, you know, the bad guy would, like, put the gun down the back of his trousers or yeah. even worse, the front. I can't imagine people in real life do that with a gun, a loaded gun. You're going to put it down where your penis is. Yeah, that's Or your true. butthole is. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just—it seems like that's there going to
1: fall out. It's going to fall down your child's leg at best. At worst, Absolutely. it's just going to go off and just shoot your butt. Shoot your butt off. Shoot your dick off. Yeah, you don't want to shoot off either one of those things. Or well, I just don't want to shoot anyone. But I definitely don't want to shoot myself either. Come on, be honest. You would secretly like to fire a handgun. No, I really don't. Oh, in honestly, a range, no. In a ap- rage, does not appeal to me. Honestly, it doesn't. You know that like you can go to Vegas and like, shoot an M16 your yeah. automatic ground assault rifle? Mm.
0: Um, there's a place in Vietnam you can go and, and th- throw grenades about. and Really? Go hog wild. That was really weird in my head. was like, you can just throw them at animals and stuff. I feel like you can. <laughs>
1: well, like a crocodile. I feel like it's you like, can
0: shoot a cow. Really? I'm sure there's a thing.
1: If you shot a cow with a submachine gun, could you still eat it afterwards? Of course. Just,
0: would that be, you know, pre tartard.
1: Yeah. I'm not into that. I don't know, I don't really want to kill any animals.
0: Well, don't eat them, then. It's no. It's not hypocritical. It is 100% It's not, hypoc- it's not I pay people to <laughs> kill them for me. You are killing them, by... Yeah, whatever. ...extension. Yeah, and you're
1: killing aubergines. Um, James, I have a Dead Man's Items update for you.
0: Fantastic. I've been waiting for this, as I believe of our listeners. Uh, this week,
1: James... Uh, on Dead Man's items update from my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. He provided me with Dead Man's firelighters and Dead Man's kindling. He's got to stop raiding the homes of the dead. I know, he said it was a shed. Sheds of the dead. Yeah, and this was actually, could be like pre-Dead Man. I think it's, there's a guy and he's bedridden. So he's just like, stealing. <laughs> of- <laughs> yeah, from a man who's still alive. But he was like, yeah, he's not going to use it anymore. I think he's on his way out, whoever this guy is. <laughs> Uh, and he, he's not going to see. He's not going to see winter. <laughs> he's no, there's no way. He's getting down to that shed. <laughs> yeah, and even if he did, he's of a certain age. I don't think he knows what's in that shed. But so, he might have family who could go to the shed for him. Well, the family is going to be very disappointed, and the finger of suspicion ooh, <laughs> definitely point at the friendly man who offered to
0: take some stuff off your hands. One day, I'm going to be surfing the Chichester Observer website as I frequently do. Yeah. And there'll be, you know, local man arrested for this campaign of theft he's been... But the problem is, I'll get arrested,
1: because right now, if this is... You're an accomplice. I'm an accomplice. I'm storing stolen goods. I'm a fence. Mm. Is that what it is? A fence? Somebody who trades off stolen goods. Is that why it's called Fenster in uh, Usual uh, Suspects? No, I don't think so, but it's an interesting link. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so I've got... Uh, it's all in my shed. And I'm not on the way out, so he better not come back and know. steal it off me. Yeah, I could well be. Could be. We all could be. Yeah. How's well, your health these days? You had,
0: you know, a few scares yeah, earlier did, in the year. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Don't know. Um, who knows, James? You can That's never it. really
0: tell. Yeah. Got sore back, I have to say. After. Really. Spending all yesterday sitting on those uncomfortable chairs at the Oval. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not much going on for a long old time. Well, that I was mean, that yeah. was two weeks ago where you were sat there. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got exciting when uh, Jimmy Jimmy did the thing. Record breaker. It really is. Like Roy Castle (laughs) with a ball instead of a trumpet. Yeah, long way to go. Um, So maybe we need to find something to talk about before our guest arrives. Yeah. Uh, We have joining us this week on Off the... um, Sort of inspirational. I'd say Force of Nature, Sam. we met her a couple of times, all right? We have. we mentioned her, actually, three weeks ago with um, CB, Clark
1: and Wild Boy. She was mentioned. Was she? Force of Nature, I believe, was probably put across before. Right. Which, I,
0: as I've said, I have very little recollection of that.
1: Uh, yeah, there's mention of her because when we went there and we had a great time and she said that she was writing a cookbook and she said, yeah, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> And, yeah. and i said that you didn't sort of with her you don't read that as being arrogant as such as just like yeah but it is i
0: do narrow in this conversation yeah
1: yeah do you want to do dead or alive yeah this is this game my dad wants to do as a game show okay you reckon this would be huge um, my sister came up with a better name for it, which I can't remember what it is, Cooler Than Dead or Alive. Um, oh, sorry. Still
0: with us or Bill with us? So, yeah, okay, talk so us through it. So it
1: needs expanding upon, and I think there was some expansion, but we were on holiday and we were drunk, so who knows what the expansion was. Maybe I'll look it. Have we talked
0: it. about the holiday? Uh, I
1: don't know. It was a long time ago. Let's move on. Hmm. Um, All right. So, yeah, it's basically you say the names of people and the the contestant, you in this instance, has to say whether or not they are alive, James, they're dead there's expansions you could do like who died first and you give the contestant like four people and the order in which they died or you could do ancient deaths and you do like pharaohs or whatever or Chinese emperors or kings of England yeah so it's all about death James
0: well death is is a regular topic on this (laughs) yeah cast of pods so
1: anyway so you could be the first contestant in a public arena
0: and who's the host your Uh, dad uh, yeah Who's in the running for the host And that, can they be dead That's a good point Have it have like um like a hologram Ah oh, yeah that would be good Roy it's Castle's got to be that in there Roy Castle And then Roy bo- Walker Dead or alive He, sh- he
1: that could be is a good both the bo- host and the question Bob Holness Ooh. Yeah. Barrymore
0: He's not a Bob doesn't there has to be a Bob have birdie? to be a Bob They <laughs> no. just have to be dead No one else is a Bob In my head I was thinking of the joke about Bob slaying And What's I thought Bob Holness Bob Willis and. Bob Monkhouse. Bob Monkhouse. He is dead. Many Bobs. Weird actually, Bob. But Bob Monkhouse, wasn't he in an advert as a hologram? Was he? I think he was. I just like Bob Monkhouse Mm. a lot.
1: He was a fantastic showman. Yeah, and the debut, the first ever series of uh, You Bet was one of my favourite programmes when I was a kid. Later taken over by Matthew Kelly.
0: Was it? Yeah. You should have said,
1: (laughs) (laughs) You Bet. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been good. Matthew Kelly, dead or alive. Yeah. Okay. Question one. Dead or alive?
0: Neil Kinnock. Alive? I've seen him in Waitrose in Holloway. (laughs) Excellent partridge there. (laughs) Uh, I used to see him in Waitrose all the time. Elliot
1: Smith. Dead or alive? (laughs) Mate. All right. But if you ask that to your mum, she might not know that. She'd probably say, who's that? Yeah, exactly. But then it's like, well, give me an answer, Mrs Ramsden. Or get out. Dead. Dead. Very dead. Very sad. D.A. Pennebecker. Don't know who that is. Well, uh, see, oh, there we go. All well, right, these are terrible. Usually, D. A. Pennebaker was the documentarian who shot a documentary, a very famous documentary about Bob Dylan called "Don't Look Back," along with many other fantastic documentaries. Documentary filmmaker D. A. Pennebaker. I want to say Dad Baker. Uh, av- media feedback. No, famous DJ Avicii. Oh, Dad. Famous artist Anson Kiefer. Dead.
0: Robin Gibb. Ooh, one of them's alive. See <laughs> <laughs> tricky. Barry. I think Barry's the living one, so I'm gonna go dead. You're gonna go dead.
1: Eighties supermodel Cindy Crawford. alive. She's alive, or isn't she? Is she? Yes, yeah, she is. Saw him <laughs> Uh Okay, I think you only got one wrong. Or Panabacker? Panabacker yeah. is alive. He's not dead. Uh, that was clever because you said he was a thing. It really tricked me there. Yeah, really. See, but see, this is the thing. You could expand on this. I mean, I'm already running too many quizzes on this. I'm basically the Bob Monkhouse of <laughs> Monkhouse. Monk <laughs> monk of a, the world of podcasts. I've always thought
0: of you as a Monkhouse.
1: I mean, bollocks to like. Oh, uh, Dad wrote a porno. Whatever. They don't have games like this, do they? Don't just have naughty saucy words well, maybe we should write a porno one week that apparently is how you get to the top of the charts yeah and then we'll rebrand this as we wrote a porno take you off right to porno yeah yeah that would be huge um have it you could be seen- all
0: it could be all the chefs we like gordon ramsay wow what fantastic uh, buns you have <laughs> could you whip that for me i'll whip that. in my fluffy bluff is that anthony royal thompson yeah <laughs> i've arrived that's uh, not how he huh? talks. You look like a squashed BG. <laughs> that
1: was good. Um, yeah, well, there we go. I think that was not a bad game. Maybe I'll do some more for you another week. OK, I'll do one some for you yeah? next week. Yeah, you say that. You never do you say you never I never, do, a never quiz. do that. I
0: never do it. Yeah. You're more of a quiz master. And, am, and a dawdler. And the, a procrastinator. I don't think that's fair.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, well, uh, I think that's the buzzer, Sam.
2: You like Russian things, don't you? You can talk all you want about Russia. Thanks. And do you know what the Russian for water is? Fake news. No, it's vodka. It's diminutive, meaning little water, is vodka. Vodka means little water. And do you know what one of the most gosh darn delicious little waters out there is? I never had a drink. I never had a glass of alcohol. Well, there's no better place to start than with our London vodka. It's vodka, but not as you don't know it. It's distilled and produced in Hackney, East London, comes in a milk bottle. And tastes very much like you imagine vodka would taste if made by dedicated, knowledgeable folk. It's great on the rocks or in a cocktail. Why not pop by Magpie in central London for a delicious Our London Vodka-based cocktail? Quote, the kitchen is on fire to the bartender and they'll knock you up something delicious with 50% off. Mmm, yummy. Vodka. Our London Vodka. Sponsors of The Kitchen is on Fire. Good talk.
0: So how did how did it come about? Just for Sam, we're already recording. Um, but for those who you know, you you, you are the first um, sort of British-based chef to be uh, to be in the Chef's Table. Yes. Yeah. Series three.
3: No, this is. Uh, four. No, you're way off. <laughs> you're on this the is, pulse. this uh, is the one that's. Uh, this no is t- season six that I'm doing. Six? Yeah. You've um, kind of missed a um, few in, yeah. in the middle. This is how my son used to count. <laughs> <laughs> He did one, two, three, and then he kind of, somewhere, he went to ten. Keep saying the numbers until you get to the right one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is... I, I'm surprised because I uh, I think to some extent um, the fact that uh, they had very kindly agreed for me to have at the back of my book the blurb saying, First British Chef uh, on, right. on Chef Stable Netflix. I, and the book is coming out now. And... I kind of slightly was panicking. But the thing is, it was authorized through Netflix, not Chef's Table, through Netflix. Right. Because I initially, my book is coming out on the 4th, and I just thought, you know, 4th of October. 4th
2: of October. And I said,
3: you know, are you going to make the announcement for that? So these guys said, probably not. I said, okay, I'm just checking, because if you are, you know, I can print at the back of the book. But if you're not, I'll put a sticker. (laughs) And I absolutely love... The, the, the team that worked with me, he said, you're not a sticker kind of girl. I'm going to try and find out because it's going to ruin the front of your book. Because yeah. they'd already seen the cover. And they must have done a lot of kind of, kind of slight pressure on uh, the powers at Netflix. And they, were very, they wrote a very polite letter saying, yeah, absolutely.
0: And Crack on.
3: You can go ahead and put it. So how did it all come about originally? The, uh, the, I got an email out of the blue no one had come and seen me or spoken to me or anything before that and I uh, have I'm now very very old and I can't read properly so I need reading glasses and of course always I I read important emails without glasses so I I guess what's happening so I said you know, we are from chef's (laughs) table we'd be very honoured I said fine this is a hoax I'm not reading it and I didn't read it uh, for a few days (laughs) because I was very sure that it was just like one of those things that you know you think is it or is it not, and then you actually read it and it turns out they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it it was them. And, you know, this wonderful person, whoever it was, said, you know, I'd love to speak to you and uh, can you connect and we'll talk, and I'm in LA, and he gave me lots of time options. And, and do you know c-
0: how they uh, singled you out?
3: Uh, I'd like to imagine all kinds of fantastic... Other than reason- the quality
0: of your restaurant, you're Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that I'm absolutely
3: fantastic. Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I suspect it is they were probably looking, trying to think outside the box. Mm. And I am outside the box.
1: I think it felt like they had to. I mean, the reaction since it was announced yesterday, two days ago, and, you know, everyone seems just so happy that a programme that I think in a way means quite a lot to people is it's super focused on relatively niche people in the food world some of the time and bigger names at, at other points, but the fact that it was not an obvious choice, not another part of the boys' club, that kind of thing, and the reaction's been so positive. It's
3: been really, really touching because the everybody has been so happy. And um, so I, I've tried to ask them a few times, you know, why me? And uh, every time, depending on who I ask, I get different answers. But I know the person who did select me uh he was the person who was supposed to be looking out for chefs right he is the executive director of uh brian McGinn. he's you know really senior and has been there from the very beginning one of the founding core people of uh, chef's table and he he just said you know because you were the best that we thought you know would fit with this you know what we wanted you know you are what we want um uh, had you
0: watched chef's table before
3: uh Depending on who asks me, I have different answers. Because I, uh, I've watched it in patches. Because, I, as most people, I don't have my own Netflix account. Right. And I, I share it with my, my my brother.
1: Do they give you a free one now?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm too embarrassed to ask. So when they told me, have you seen, seen Chef Sibyl, I said, yeah, I'd seen everything. I hadn't. All of it? Yeah, Love I've that. seen all of it. Uh, I hadn't. And, in fact, I I binged watched uh, after that sitting with a friend of mine in, in, in the restaurant, in the kitchen. He showed right. me, like, everything. It's quite binge-watchable, isn't no, it? No, I, I know. I was scared the hell out of all of us. Right. Everyone like, you know, you are joking. They're going to come and do this to us because we realised the the intensity with which they filmed, how close they were. And and if anyone has seen my kitchen, they'll know it is absolutely the size of uh, most kitchens walk-in fridge.
2: Yeah. It's my
3: entire kitchen. So I was trying to visualise, you know, one person, two or three people in there with us, you know, be like absolutely we'd be squashed against each other. So how did you do it? It was very tough.
0: Right. It was
3: very tough. I they are phenomenally driven, very passionate. I have very rarely seen non chef people care so much about food. Right. So care so much about, you know, which side are you gonna peel the uh, you know, the potato. Just want to make sure that I, am my camera's at the right yeah. angle. You know, this is just it, it is so beautiful because they really care, and they had their best guy who was who did my, my episode, and he's he was nominated for the Emmys this time as well. Has been nominated in the past. Uh, Adam is is probably one of their best, and he, and they're
0: in there during service. You know, while you're. Uh, in they bedroom. they
3: were there during service for a couple of days. Some days we were closed, and one day I faked it. Right. I had to do a service, but after having done a real service, where, can I say something which may cause stress for other people, but we had this bizarre situation where st- somebody was in the restaurant with someone he wasn't supposed to be with. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, the cameras came on, and there was, like, absolute hysterics. And he was like, you know, shut every camera, I need to leave. And we were like, you know, every camera's down. Like, no, no, pointing down, then I'm going to walk out. And it was just like, we were all, so I'm stressed out, everyone's <laughs> stressed out. And this, was that you, no, son? and there was two, no, was no, not me. Was what not I man. don't understand is the two men with two women. So it's like, kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're being disloyal, like as a kind of oh. double date. We don't understand what it was, but it kind of was the last thing I needed. But just, you know, these crazy things happened to us <laughs> where it, it was highly disruptive because we have to shut everything to let him out. Uh, everything you want the, all the cameras put away. This happened to us in Borough Market as well. Uh, you know somebody in in the yeah. restaurant completely f- had a total meltdown. Why is there a camera here? We said the camera 's off and on the floor no
2: well if that
0: 's how you're going to get busted it 's quite it 's be quite frustrating yeah, yeah you, but it was it 's
3: one of the unexpected things that happened but yeah. it was they must it, get that a lot, it was a wonderful experience. I still feel um, that i don 't know like a kind of imposter, you know, why I'm here.
2: That's it, a good thing, probably.
3: And I feel like, you know, it's it's like a dream and this really didn't happen. And because it was so... What surprised me is the amount of stuff they knew about me. They knew every dish I'd cooked. They knew my politics. They knew stuff that I, I felt passionate about. Right. And they let me be. I could... There was no... They said, you know talk about what you want to talk about, you know, tell us about this and that, and what do you feel like talking about, you know, what is important to you? And there was no, you know, I, that, you know, there, I, I pity the people who are editing the, the, the film now. So how
0: much, do you, do you have a rough idea of how many hours they
3: shot? Well, we, we shot around, you know, it was, you know, technically 14 days of filming. Right. I was a full day, and the camera rolled throughout almost.
0: To, for an hour, it's an hour, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah. it was. Uh, it's hours and hours of film, and I'm not sure. And it's interesting because I've just heard that they're all in LA editing together, so they must be fighting because there are there are some of these beautiful, very atmospheric monsoon scenes of Delhi. But I guess this is not a film about monsoons, <laughs> so I I presume. Might become such. Yeah, they, I presume those beautiful scenes will have to be cut and other bits will have to be cut and people are uh, and so I have everyone in LA right now so they were, they were, one of them messaged me laughing and saying "You know, this is going to be the most expensive episode of Chef's Table because <laughs> we travel to two countries and London was expensive obviously for yeah. them and uh, then to India uh, which they do in some episodes but normally the, it's not like two yeah. so far away the countries
0: yeah
1: did you life. did you go go out to India with them, or you were just filming? No, no we you went to them. India together. You were also same to place. your
0: home or to?
3: I I went I went home. I went to my, I went back to my father's house, right. and and also we went to my ancestral home, uh, my fortress uh, in the middle of nowhere. We got lost in the rain
0: because your as, as, as your ancestral home. You are, I I believe, having read on Eta that you are from. Royalty, which I think makes you the first royal person we've had on the podcast.
3: Uh, Yeah, and I've been treated very royally. I have a very nice fancy cup of water. Yeah, so (laughs)
2: yes, (laughs) sorry, I should have got here. No, (laughs) no, I know
3: it's okay. You're excused. Uh, Yeah, so we went. We went to my ancestral home uh, to had two houses. We went there, then we we went to my my house.
0: And how often do you go back there?
3: I go very often. Right, I go very often, and I try and go. you know, even for a few days, because my parents are like in their 70s. I miss them a lot. I'm very, very, very close to my mother. And I I go back. It just is kind of, I just unwind. It's really, I mean, I get spoiled completely. But I, I just feel I need to see my parents because every time I leave, they seem more frail and more aged. Every time. Happens to yeah, but it's just very scary. So yeah. I, I just want to make sure I keep going back.
0: Have they been over here to see the restaurant?
3: Yeah, they've been. Yeah. They, they love it. They've come to the restaurant and uh, they, yeah. they, they, they're very proud and they feel it's wonderful. My, my parents are, are, I think, very thrilled with what's happening. And my parents are very supportive when I didn't want to do law and I wanted to do a food business because my mother did a food business, right? Although she never went to college, and you know. In our family, girls are not educated. I, in my generation, I'm one of the only sure. who went to college. And then I did a PhD. So why were
0: you the uh, unusual in that sense? Because what, what, no one wanted on? to marry me. <laughs> so you just thought, well, again... No,
3: because we we, we get married within our clans. And, you no, know, usually by 17 or 18, your marriage is fixed. Right. But no one wanted to marry me. Uh the, in fact, one said he'd kill, kill himself if he was forced to marry me. So That's I told nice. him this was like my dialogue. Asha yeah. said this about you, because I had yeah. told him we'd say, we'd both decide that we're not gonna get married. But I was supposed to be the dramatic one. But he decided he, it got too much; it was too exciting for him. So he decided to be dramatic. I don't want to marry her. I said oh, this is like supposed to be my line. What a no, no jokes of so. It's yeah. just that you know, I, I, it wasn't uh, an arranged marriage was not going to work for me. Sure, I was probably a bit too rebellious and they my you know my parents let me go to college because obviously they couldn't keep me home I wasn't married and then they let me work so I, what,
0: what percentage of uh, your fellow students were female
3: no I went to an all girl oh I was right, okay. allowed to go to a college but okay. they were boys Right. I, know. I went that to a not, convent right. Catholic college run by Irish nuns sure <laughs> Of well, course, that's the kind of place that. that... Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, well, college, but college... And with, where was that? In, in Calcutta. Right. It's a, it was a Loreto college, and very, very good reputation, very, very strict. You can't, you know, even your little toe can't step out of college.
0: Well, See, those Catholic nuns aren't renowned for being laid back. Yeah, yeah. Not so, the most mellow of folk.
3: Yeah, I was. But you know, the very good education. Mm. I, I got a brilliant education. Yeah. Well, clearly, because
0: you, you then went on to do sort of quite. Serious yeah, and in I. The law. And,
3: but I had. I studied history, and then I studied law. Uh, right. Later, once I moved to this country, I wanted to study history again. Then I realized that no, maybe I should study something more useful, and maybe I should have gone to culinary school. But then the entire story would have been different.
0: take us back to the tiny kitchen at Darjeeling Express, uh, which is on the third floor of Kingly Court in uh, the middle of Soho, just to give you the plug. Uh, It's probably not needed by this point. Um, Because that kitchen is sort of the source of... I I would have heard of you in the restaurant before that, but certainly an infamous tweet from Michelin that sort of um, gave you wider exposure, which... Observed uh, how your all-female kitchen—I I can't remember the wording—but was just working so seamlessly, and I th- it was sort of rather. Was, it,
1: was that before or after we went? Was that before? It was before? Yeah.
3: I um, hope it was calm when you came to the sorry? kitchen. I hope the kitchen it was, it was always
0: calm, but but uh, you know everyone sort of rightly or wrongly kicked off by Michelin's dinosaur-headed yeah. attitude that an all-female kitchen could be so calm. Um,
3: I felt bad for them because I think that. Uh, you know, they, they 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 just said it very badly, but they have this reputation for just being completely out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in a way it was like, you know, they'd had it, whatever happened. But I tried to douse it because, you know, it's it was not in my interest mm. for it to blow out into this thing because everybody got involved. It was well I was intentioned on, then. Yeah, really. no, I was on a flight. Uh and someone, you know, the kind of shit that, you know, staff do to you I was getting on and telling you, I might miss my connection in Dubai. They said, oh, the Michelin people are here. You know, the things they do. I said, oh, yeah, yeah sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. I almost missed my flight. I made it. My suitcase didn't. All of this happened. I got off at Heathrow. I put my phone on. I thought Donald Trump had died because my <laughs> phone <or>
2: hoped. <laughs>
3: my phone just went berserk uh, because I would obviously had no idea all this had happened. Yeah. The number of tweets, I was like, there was, my phone completely melted. Uh, and I no, but I was like, what is this? I, and I just was so shocked. Because whatever I had imagined, and I actually didn't believe them, otherwise I'd been worrying the whole flight, what had happened. I right. thought there were you know, st- stuff that, you know, people do to you, just to torture you, I'm going to miss my flight. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, these guys are here.
0: <laughs> so did, did, did that give you a little sort of bump in um, customers? Or, you know, presumably it was a good
3: PR uh, exercise,
0: even if... I, I didn't mission.
3: notice that. I, I, right. A lot of people came to the, the pass and, and were curious to see uh, what we were uh, doing in the kitchen. Yeah. That was interesting. But I don't remember. But to be honest, we, we are quite busy at nights. That's when you can, you know, so we were very busy even at that time. Yeah. But um, you to- sorry.
1: Sorry, I was just going with say, um, which one of the things that some of the things
3: I was saying about
1: the... Um, uh, chef's Table thing is about second daughters. Yes. And what is the... Could you explain sec- the situation with second daughters to people who don't know?
3: OK. It's it's a kind of a hidden problem in South Asian families. Right. I am a second daughter. Uh, it is... Uh, you know, there are, of course, families where that does not happen. But for most families, there is a preference for a boy. And when their first child is a girl... People are happy because they're the first child in the family. They're quite thrilled. But when the second one is not the boy everybody had hoped for, there is a level of lamenting and a lot of sorrow.
0: Actu- Be- actually, to the point that openly shown... Yes. Right.
3: But the thing is that somehow we all know we're not the wanted child. I can't remember any anyone saying anything to me as a baby. Or, I was too young. I have no idea what happened. I don't know what happened, but none of us know what happened. But we just sense it. You know. We sense it a lot. That you feel, uh, and may I think it had an effect on me, because one of the things that I was, I was a real tomboy. I probably tried to be the boy my mm. parents didn't get, and I like for one thing. I was 45, for the first time I wore pink, because my son, and I had these long chats, and he, went and got me something pink and said, "Mama, you are a woman. It's a you. It's fine to wear pink," and it took me till 45 to wear it. I never had dolls. I played with cars. I played a lot of cricket, and I was very good at it. I.
0: What was your specialty?
3: Uh, I I used to bowl. Right. I used to bowl. I was always the opening bowler. I played. I played on the streets, which is, again, for the background I come, absolutely chaotic, you know, but I would just go out and play on the streets and, you know, everyone would not dare bring me back in.
0: Was it unusual for a girl to be playing cricket or was that...? On the street? Yeah. Yes, of course.
3: You're playing with, you know, with traffic, yeah. uh, you know, on, on, on the road. You know, it's not... It's not you, you don't do these kinds of things. But my mother let me. She would pretend that she was angry... But if she really was angry, she would kick my ass. I mean, right. it, I wouldn't have been allowed. She knew I loved cricket. She knew I played. And she knew that if any, any of the boys pushed me around or touched me or anything, I'd hit them so hard, they wouldn't <laughs> get up. So that she knew about me. Because I, I come from a very different kind of family. I mean, the royalty aside, my father's family is a, one of the most powerful warriors of the North we were known to be very powerful, but our women were warriors too. Right. I have that blood. So f- my mother didn't have to worry, you know. Eleven guys there, I could take them on. She was never, <laughs> ever worried about, you know. And I I always felt, you know, I, I had great joy and and very happy uh, playing cricket. Did and you bring
0: that same attitude into your current career?
3: Yeah, and the thing is that I I, I think I was just allowed to be on my own. And then my parents then had a boy. But the thing is that by the time my brother was born, I realized my mother loved me the most because I was this completely wild child, uh, totally. Very respectful and every I was much adored by the whole family because I did things for everyone. And I probably did things because I needed to justify and I wanted people to like me because I kind of felt that when I was born, I was not not wanted. And... That feeling, I think, is a scar that will never heal. And so this then, is why I want to do the second daughter thing, because it um, it destroys confidence. But it didn't destroy my me.
1: So, <laughs> so what, you, what, what are you doing in, in, in the kitchen? I mean, obviously, the kitchen is female-run.
3: Um, and mostly because, second daughters.
1: Mostly second daughter.
3: Yeah, and so that's she, not because I chose it. It just yeah. happened like that.
1: So that, doesn't go, is, that comes up later in conversation? I'm assuming that's not something you ask in an interview. No, no, it, I,
3: I only discovered this when I was teasing one of the girls who was supposed to have been killed by being thrown in the mountain that, you know, oh, they should have thrown you because she was not giving me tea. She made tea and gave everybody, but there, were, there was no tea left for me. Right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, really, you deserve to have been thrown. I was, you know, obviously joking. Yeah. But when I said it, there was complete silence in the kitchen. And they said, why did you say that? I said, oh, you don't know her story. You know, she's a second daughter. And the village decided that she should be thrown. And her mother said, I'll also jump. So they took pity on the mother. And maybe she would produce another boy. And they didn't, they didn't throw her. Yeah. And then we discovered that everybody else was second daughter, too. It was just because wow. I was teasing someone who I know I knew her from child. Yeah. We heard that she was going to be thrown. I was quite excited seeing, oh, my God, child's going to be thrown. <laughs> I mean, although I was second daughter, too. Yeah. But I just thought it was crazy that they were going to throw a child from the mountain. But it's, that's custom no i i think i think something happens because i don't know and you know and and in india this this is a hidden thing this something happens in families but the, the 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 sex ratio that we have in our society today is not normal there are too many boys for too right. few girls and it's not as bad as china but we are getting there And when you go to certain villages, you see only boys. Where are the girls? There are lots of missing girls everywhere. Who do you ask?
0: Yeah.
3: Who do you ask? I was in India last just a few weeks ago. On my last day, I read that uh, in the hospital, a mother killed her newborn daughter because it was a girl. But her bad luck, they saw her killing the daughter. In the hospital
0: but that was sort of social pressure on her that
1: brought yes. her to do
3: that yes yes. it's good that they arrested the husband and the mother-in-law
1: yeah. but even in a I guess what you're saying is even in a situation where obviously it doesn't reach that horrific level then
3: yeah.
1: those I guess feelings of being felt like you're not wanted or you know you're not the right person in
3: the right place must yeah. be
1: um you know to to then have a kitchen, I guess, with a bunch of no, that i be think i amazing. mean
3: for me i um, i you know completely forgive my mother for for her sadness, and my grandmother, who had five daughters herself, wow. I can understand you know she and all my aunts who also had daughters, may not have been very happy when I was born. I forgave everyone because i they all loved me a lot and they taught me how to cook, they gave me their gift of all their recipes, before which I'm very grateful. But I'm very lucky. And some of the women who I know are not that lucky. But in this kitchen, we have all healed. And I think everybody has that fire in them. I think the feeling that I was not wanted, that maybe I was, you know, surplus to requirement left me with a fire to set the world on, alight. Mm. I would want to be so good. The world would notice me. I imagine myself, uh, you know, with my name and lights. That may never happen.
0: It seems to be <laughs> absolutely what is happening because there's probably, especially in what you do, cooking... And You've I still, on know, Netflix. We, we actually,
1: we, we had uh, Clark and Wild Boy on here a few weeks ago, and we were talking about, um, I can't remember how you came up, but you came up, and I said, oh, the one time that we came, uh, when we all came to um, to your place, and we were talking, you came over, we were talking, you were saying that you were writing your book at the time, yeah. and you said, yeah, I'm writing the book, and it's going to be, I don't think you swore, but the, the the force with which it was put across was, it's going to be fucking brilliant, yeah. and uh, and and as I said, I said this to Kalkamu um, Boy, I said, with, with it doesn't come across as arrogant, it just comes across as, yeah, probably will be. You know, just that sort of push and yeah. that but drive. It, and, it,
3: and, you know, I, I hope that people don't ever see this as arrogance.
1: No, 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 but I, it absolutely did I, no, not. No, no, and the thing is that for,
3: for me to succeed, this is not just for me. You know, there are, I, I see myself as, you know, a, one of a tribe, who I want to help and lead a lot, you know. And tribes, usually people are who all look alike. But for me, my tribe of women don't look alike. We're just tied by scars that Mm. are within us that we were not wanted. We don't carry these marks on our faces, but in our soul. And that gives us that huge desire to succeed. You know, I have women in there, you know, who do a 16-hour shift. They can barely stand... But that smile, you know, how many did they do? They want to know the numbers they did. That pride. And then they hobble, we all hobble to the thing. Uh, you know, and I mean, also, I mean, it doesn't happen that I'm overweight. There are nights I go to sleep uh, and they message me saying, could you take your boots off? I couldn't because my feet are so swollen. And uh, I go to sleep with my boots on up so that, I, you know, I can't take my shoes off. I know that's happening to them as well, but... Are they late the next morning? No, they're not. They're, they're bang on time. And that kind of drive comes from knowing, and maybe because I love cricket, this is our second innings, you where know, none of us are going to get a second chance to bat. No one is going to go out. Well, India without,
0: did yesterday, actually. They did, they did a pretty good job of it. But
3: Yeah, but cool. no one is going to go just like that. We're all going to go out in great glory. And this is the thing that, you know, all these women are driven by that same desire. Our restaurant is magical purely for this. There's a lot of joy. Mm. For us, cooking is liberation. We are free because we are cooking. We are free because we feel powerful and wanted and appreciated. And for some of us, these are new things to feel wanted, appreciated. Not for everyone, but for some in this group, uh, who never felt, uh, you know, in any way, wanted uh, by anyone, uh, this is their victory. That you know, people come up to this bus all the time and say thank you. You see their eyes; they yeah. grow. There's that kind of feeling that you know you can't, you know, money, no, anything else, fame can give you that feeling when you, someone you have cooked for comes and says, you know. I will never forget this meal. Mm. People are kind. Of course. They come and say nice things to these the yeah. women in the kitchen.
0: Pe- people are also unkind, and maybe it doesn't happen at your restaurant because it's so fantastic, but how do they handle it when there are customers who are disgruntled? Oh,
3: we, we have lots of people who are very bad, who are unkind to us.
0: And are they, Mainly Asian men. Right.
3: We have a lot of trouble from really? Asian men. Yeah.
0: And how do they handle it then, your team? Oh, they, they say... So they, strong? Known, they were
3: saying, oh you know their mothers should have thumped them really hard when they were young (laughs) never raise your boys like this I have two boys so this was a lecturing session for me that I should not raise my boys so they're all mums and grandmums so it all becomes about how 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 badly raised they are we don't take it personally yeah that's sorry that was really my question we don't take it personally because we know they've been raised badly They don't know it's, how to respect people.
0: It's incredibly magnanimous to be like, oh, you're just being unpleasant to me because you've been poorly brought up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might try that next time. No, so, the, so
3: we, we, this is... Otherwise, you know, it's very frustrating. In peak service, you have people who are being absolute assholes. It's really hard to deal right. with. Uh, all of us, and any kind of, you know, it, it, it can destroy the entire morale of the team mm. and then it's a domino effect. It has happened sometimes, you know, but it has been so difficult... Uh, some mistakes have been made. This is not when people are being bad, when we have made some mistakes or something in the front of our communication. And it kind of affects the whole service after that because mm. we're, we're trying to scrambling around. We're not perfect, you know, we make mistakes, things go wrong. Uh, but when people are being bad, this one we've cracked. We just sit and discuss all our aunts who have raised bad boys. <laughs> and it kind of is so lovely when you can gossip. Mm-hmm. so kitchen whole kitchen gossips about all the bad people they know in their lives so they're just like this so if they had gone to a restaurant he would have done this some uh, talk about their husbands or fathers and brothers and other unpleasant people in their lives who have uh, traumatized them so it's, very, it's we don't get ups- uh we have a kind of defense mechanism this is it mm-hmm. we talk about other people who've been bad to us and it helps then we don't mm-hmm. care that this guy is saying you know it's taking too long yeah. you know, yeah. I don't want to wait
2: and
1: so with so, your so. you know where the, this starts and you have that drive and you you go you go to college you study history you study law yeah. and then to then make that change to be like i want to i'm going to cook food for people what what was what sort of triggered that what pushed you into doing that
3: I always wanted to cook. I felt, I I knew this was my calling. But I had started a PhD and I decided that, you know, I don't let go. And, you know, when I do something, I'll do it and do it well. I worked, worked very hard on my PhD. But every time, you know, my husband, an academic, would say, you know, shouldn't you be looking for jobs and research jobs? And I, I used to duck it and tell them, oh, nobody gave me a job, which he knows cannot be. That if I actually made an effort, I, I would have got a job. Yeah. So I just didn't do the teaching because I hated it. I was completely terrified of students. Right. They're so smart. I felt really dumb right. talking to them. And my PhD, I really, really enjoyed. I uh, did a, you know, I worked on a subject that nobody else had worked on in the law school. Uh, and in fact no lawyer had worked on before so very very kind of you know specific uh, pretty unknown required a lot of research in history uh, and sociology and uh, also theology and these are things that you know I I, I find interesting and I I loved writing my PhD as it's an interesting text it's a PhD which has lots of politics in it enough I mean the law you know very dry boring law bits to have been you know, I, I I, didn't have any issues going through the viva but I I knew I was going to cook but I had to do the PhD because I'd started doing the PhD and then I realized that I hate teaching not that's I hate teaching I wasn't so good at it you know students I didn't think understood anything I was saying or at least I felt that and I, I put myself in a position where I'm not confident this is not a familiar it's the ground where I don't want to be yeah. I had the choice you know my husband was very horrified when I decided to open the thing. He was completely like, you know, you're crazy. And my family as well. Not my parents, my parents were fine. But my family, by all the way, my cousins were not allowed to go to college. And all they do is cook. They were like, you know, you're mad to a super liberal guy. You know, you can do what you want, he doesn't care a damn. And then all you're doing is going and cooking. You know, and you were in London. And, of course, you know, the impression people have of London totally, yeah. uh, in, you know, in India, in kind of conservative Muslim families is that, you know, it's paradise. You right. can do what you want. And they're like, you know, you work for 16 hours in a kitchen. Hmm. You know, why? And whenever I should c- come back home, they're like, just look at your hair and your skin, you know. Why don't you kind of, you know, obviously, you know, I looked completely haggard working for so many hours in kitchens.
0: When you've got that drive to do that, it's kind um, of uh, it it's made me
3: happy, yeah. and my mother understood this completely. She was very supportive. But what was my trump card is my mother in law was very supportive, right? So she kept my husband under control. So he was like, you know, this is not a great idea. She said, this is a brilliant idea. Let her do it. And I seems think to be if working
2: I'm, out all
0: right for you. Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: now, now, for anyone to say anything, mm. I mean, that would be stupid.
0: Uh, There's nothing nicer than proving people wrong, <laughs> is there?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is that you know, I'm I'm very very sweet. I don't gloat ever. No, although I want to, but I want people to like me. So this is still a kind of legacy from my childhood. Mm. I want people to like me, so I, I'm not mean. You don't need to gloat when you. No, but you I don't, I'm not mean. I, I don't. Show sure don't tell,
0: they say, you know.
3: Yeah, but I I, I I try not to, and I you know it it is tough and. I have a lot of respect for people in the industry, especially women. They work so hard and to some extent I feel awkward that my kind of, my path has been very smooth and I know a lot of others have hit a lot more hurdles than me. I can't do anything about their hurdles, but I try to support other women Mm. so that they have the strength and they learn from my mistakes and... This is one of the things I try and do because I hit very few hurdles and I think I'm just lucky.
0: Well, so I hope that that uh, continues, but there's usually one or two little speed bumps, if not hurdles, to contend with. Probably having a restaurant that is so full due to your Netflix appearance that um, you're going to have to open another.
3: I won't open another.
0: You won't? No. Never?
3: Not at all, because I think that it... it Will break up the team, and that magic will go. So I was doing something temporarily in, in Fulham, and every time the rota came out, it was like as if you know it was like you know who's going to be the sacrificial lamb, weeping and crying. Right. Nobody wanted to be leave the team and go to Fulham. Right. So it was like as I was, I was sending them to their death. Like you right. know, I was like you know, I'm just sending you to Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> like, you it's know, pretty much not yeah. far off to be yeah. fair. But it was like, you know, they didn't want to they didn't want I had not anticipated that. Mm. You know, but when you build a tribe, yeah. this is the price you pay. Yeah. The tribe stays together. And they were not willing to kind of split and they did split. And you know, some went and worked there. Eventually I went there and I had to make my son come and work with me. So I was doing sixteen hour shifts in the kitchen. I was saying, this is like shit. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I ended up doing the kind of early morning shifts and doing all the prep and doing all the hard work in the morning. I was thinking, you know, this is, like, not what was planned. But nobody wanted to come to Fulham in my team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think Nobody I, wants to go to Fulham as it's
3: been established. I think, um, you know. but there you go, that's an episode Even title. Sam,
1: that is an episode title. Sam used right to have there. to live there. Yeah, I did. That was strange. Um, um, but I have to
3: say, the market hall is very nice. And they're very nice people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are very nice people and, and they're very, very decent people and they were very understanding when I wanted to leave and were very supportive Uh, but it's, you know, it didn't work for us Mm. it didn't work for us
0: I know you've got a million people walking through the door, um, and you need to go and look after them. But can we can we just like pepper you with a lot of very quick questions? Yeah, sure, absolutely. This is called the quick fire round, asthma. Yeah. Uh, you have to answer immediately. But then, if you if you so wish, you can expand on your answer. Okay, fine. And occasionally, I might interject and
1: okay, give
3: my fine. own
0: uh, answer. Okay. Uh, okay, so we got to do this because yeah, appreciate
1: you're on a schedule, so we'll do this quick. Okay. Okay. Uh... Best soup. Tom Yum. Tom Yum. Yeah. yeah, that's a good Great show. Yeah. answer. Yeah, uh, reggae music.
3: Not into reggae music.
1: Why?
0: Neither am I. Yeah. Uh, we've had. We. I think it was maybe
1: four or five weeks. Uh,
0: four or three, five episodes I don't ago. It always comes in my head because I really don't like. And reggae I would say I either. quite like stir it up, and that's about it. Yeah,
1: you did say about three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the worst thing you've eaten in the last year.
3: I had a very bad Indian meal. I can't say where. Okay. But where it tasted like powder.
0: Whoa. The what sort of powder?
3: Talcum powder. Oh, crazy. Can, really can nice. you
0: say where it was and Sam can beep it? No, no, no. I can't see where it was. Is it a really well-known place?
1: Yeah. Um, best potato was it, was it, was it preparation? Best? Potato
3: preparation. It has to be with cumin. My, absolutely. It's called ziralu. Right. Roast, you know, whole cumin, roasted with red and potatoes. Absolutely, top dish. Uh, best Anglo-English curry? There is something that most people in this country wouldn't know, but the uh, in Calcutta, there is a... a because they're Anglo-Indians and they want to say that they're English, they call a kofta curry a ball curry. Okay, it's called a ball curry, curry. and with it's it's beef with uh, parsley because they're again very English, yeah, very English. Uh, So we don't they don't coriander. It's in my recipe, it's my book cookbook because I just love it. I love this kind of tweaks, yeah. yeah. You know, we won't call it kofta, we'll call it ball, (laughs) and we will not put we'll put parsley and not coriander, yeah. a bloody taste just like a kofta curry, but it's like you know, I but I love that. I love this kind of Anglo Indian, but there you can really see an attempt to separate this dish.
1: Ball curry. That's the <laughs> episode <laughs> is that? that is the new episode. So. Uh, your favourite new restaurant that you've been to recently?
3: Uh, oh my God. I have to think. I've not been to uh, restaurants recently.
1: So really? I, if I just cut that bit out and I just put you saying magpie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, where
0: have you been recently? What was the last restaurant you visited
3: that the, you enjoyed? I, the last restaurant I went to is the restaurant below me, which is Oka. Have you eaten okay.
0: there? Oka.
3: No. This is Japanese. Food. It's absolutely brilliant.
0: Uh-huh. All right.
1: They, they, do, they do the an
3: amazing grilled uh, salmon, p- cooked beautifully, and their beef, really good. Great.
1: Uh, right, I've got two sensible ones and a silly one. okay. Do you want a silly one or one of the sensible ones? No, no, silly one first, Silly course. one. Okay, you have to have rhino, the skin of a rhino...
3: Yeah.
0: ..or you have to have a rhino's horn.
3: The rhino's horn.
0: You take... <laughs> that would come in handy. Yeah. Next time Michelin it's, are in.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I didn't, okay. And there are rhinos all over uh, where I am now. Oh, really? Because there's this, this art uh, installation. Oh, okay. They have rhinos, uh, protecting the rhinos. They have one, uh, and a multicoloured one just outside my restaurant.
0: Oh, yeah. Also sad, and, you know, very sad, the, the slow death of the rhino, but at least you know that you've got a load of value on your face. If yeah. You yeah, run yeah. Money gets high. Yeah. Yeah. Slice okay. off the old... Uh, okay, and the last two are sort of linked. So your favourite
1: European bread?
3: I have this great obsession with uh, croissant oh. because it was... Uh, I didn't know, as a child... I used to read about it, because I grew up in a non-internet, non-computer age.
1: Yeah.
3: And it fascinated me, just the whole shape. And I didn't know what it tasted like, till I till I moved to London. Oh, wow. And then I had it, and it was exactly as I'd imagined it to be, you know. Oh, was really? It? Yeah, because Didn't I, disappoint. No, thank God, because my yeah. husband, I told him, this is something I've always, you know, imagined. So he told imagined. Oh, my God, the donut I'm going to take to Rinesh. Yeah. He took me to a beautiful cafe in uh, Cambridge, and it was how I imagined it would be. I still love it a lot. Awesome. Where's your favourite
0: croissant from then?
3: My favourite croissant right now yeah. is, uh, it, there's, there's, a, there's a shop close to my where I live. Okay. So I, I buy it from there. It's a little kind of French cafe. But uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I still, I'm completely, I'm always looking for really wonderful croissant. Yeah, I like
1: that. Uh, and the final one, that your favourite Indian bread? Paratha. Because I read a thing, whether this is true or not, it was on Twitter, I think somebody was saying, oh, you, everyone talks about naans, naan, naan, this, naan, that, but that paratha and chapati was far naan, more popular.
3: Naan, nobody makes at home.
1: Oh, maybe that was it.
3: Absolutely nobody makes at home. Right. It is an, a bread that has been created for restaurants. Okay. Because the cooks have no... Tana. No, let not say it. But cooks have never actually learned how to cook at home. Right. They teach this because it is quick yeah. It requires minimal skill. Yeah. you stretch a piece of bread and you slap it against the thing. You an absolute idiot can do it. It requires no delicacy of folding or of rolling and of of you know getting getting the dough right. It's it's uh, bread for does.
1: Paratha is then.
3: Yeah. So it's, it's paratha requires some skill. Uh, None. Nobody made at home. Every. I first. I've always eaten naan in restaurant. I, I don't know how to make it. And also, if you have a, you need a tandoor to make a naan. Yeah. Mm. And in India, if you can fit a tandoor in your in your kitchen, I said this as well. Some relative would move into that little space. Right. You, if you have that much space,
1: yeah.
3: You know, your extended family will come and live in that kitchen, but you're not <laughs> going to be able to put a tandoor. Tandoor takes a huge amount of space. Yeah. And also, bloody house will catch fire. Your tandoor is something that requires extraction or it has been outdoor thing. Yeah. You know, we live in cities. Where's your outdoor thing? You set fire to your whole bloody house. <laughs> so, you know, this is not... Naan is not at all anything that anyone wants to make at home as well. They know your yeah. house will catch fire.
0: Dangerous, dangerous bread. It's a dangerous game, that naan bread. Yeah, you can't... Your, what is your
3: favourite naan? My favourite naan is... Which is really kind of... Uh, I just like it plain. with right. With yeah. nothing. All these other bits and pieces to it. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm unimpressed.
0: Peshwari used to be the thing, but no. that's so sweet. No, it's no it is too
3: sweet, and also, I mean, naan, all uh, you know, naan is there. The real magic is what you're eating the naan with.
0: Yeah,
1: correct.
3: And that should be. And I, I'm not one of these blue cheese and all this junk Ooh, that people yeah, truffle plain, oil, plain naan, plain naan. I'm no, plain it. beautifully made naan is is what is really nice. But then I'm very old-fashioned when it comes to food.
2: Well, we was I with you? We had a truffle.
0: Not with me. Truffle naan, it was... Very... Oh, oh, it was with the boys down at um, the new place, which I won't name. Oh, uh, yeah, we haven't discussed it. They have a there. truffle um, a roti, but... Right.
3: Because, actually, the problem is these guys don't know how to cook, all these chefs. Right. They learnt in chef school, and they try to be clever.
0: So you think they hide behind all this posh tablecloths and the service yeah. because it's sort of...
3: Because in our culture, this is the thing about second daughters as well, mm. if you had your boy in the kitchen... Everybody would say, this is the greatest shame. He's going to become gay. And, you know, the prejudice in our yeah. culture, oh, you're making him like a girl, you can't bring him in the kitchen. Mm. He should not help because girls should be doing all the work. So these guys didn't even see the, the door of the kitchen because they are, you know, they are the, the, you know, the lord and master, the blessed one, the boy.
0: They were outside. But what about, the, so what happens to the second son? But boys are
3: boys. It boys are boys. No, no, it, boys right? are boys because you are always superior to a girl. And however smart and uh, successful we are, we are still mm. the girl who uh, will never be uh, valued. Yeah. Oh, well, my parents value me, but that's because they have no choice. <laughs> you made them value. <laughs> no, because I'm so I'm I'm so successful. now. Yeah. So how well, can they not? that. Get, yeah. <laughs>
0: Asma, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, the book is out fourth of October. Yes, it's called Dargenie Express. No, that's it. called. I was taking around. You that. were,
3: you were was almost it? there. It's the last bit is home cooked food from Dargenie Express, but it's called Asma's Indian Kitchen. Okay. Uh, published wo- by published by Pavilion. Oh. And uh, which, they published uh, three of my books, and so they hopefully
0: yours sells better than those did. They're
3: <laughs> they, are, they have been great people to work with, and uh, yeah. So the book's coming out, and I'm very excited about that.
0: And when is uh, Chef's Table coming out?
3: That is going to come out in season six. So season five starts on the twenty eighth of September, and season six is supposed to be early in twenty nineteen. So it's the next lot of film. My my episode currently is being edited. So, so I'm so. in the next round. Very cool. So I have lots of time to to wait and get excited about it.
0: So listeners, in the meantime, get your asses to Darjeeling Express in Kingly Court and uh, buy the book. Out on the 4th of October. Asma, thank you very much. For thank you very much. It's been you. a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.